Don't follow the crowd. Let me say that again. Don't follow the crowd. Now, why is that important? Rockville Radio 7.77 is on the web. Each podcast we bring you interviews and music with a goal of lifting up the name above all names, Jesus, the rock of our salvation. Straight from the Rockville Radio 7.77 studio here in Southern California. Walt Disney. You ever hear that name, Walt Disney? Well, uh, this is a story that is uh, told in a book, again, by I like to cite these books by Chuck Swindoll. Swindoll said this, Several years ago, I met a gentleman who served on one of Walt Disney's original advisory boards. What amazing stories he told. I especially appreciated the man's sharing with me how Disney responded to disagreement. He said that Walt would occasionally present some unbelievable extensive dream he was entertaining. Almost without exception, the members of his board would gulp, blink, and stare back at him in disbelief, resisting even the thought of such a thing. But unless every member resisted the idea, did you get that? Unless every member resisted the idea, Disney usually didn't pursue it. Yes, the challenge wasn't big enough to merit his time and creative energy unless everyone else was unanimously in disagreement. Is it any wonder Disney World became a reality? We definitely are living in a time when a lot of people are following the crowd. Are you one of them? And which which crowd are you following if you are following a crowd? Well, we're going to look at a, an example today from 2 Kings. And I've uh, been doing a lot of doing a lot of studies here recently from 2 Kings. This is in 2 Kings 17. I'm going to look at the example of how God told his people not to follow the crowd. Let's open in a word of prayer as we get started, though. Lord, I want to ask you to forgive me for my sins, Lord. I pray that you just bless this episode. Don't follow the crowd, because that's what you want us to do, is you want us to follow you. So help us as we look at this whole idea here. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in 2 Kings 17, beginning in verse 6, we... uh, Find this, in the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria and carried Israel away into exile to Assyria and settled them in Hala and Habor on the river of Gozan and in the cities of the Medes. Well, you're going to find out that this happened because they were following the crowd. Now this came about because the sons of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God who had brought them up from the land of Egypt, from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and they feared other gods and walked in the customs of the nations whom the Lord had driven out before the sons of Israel and in the customs of the kings of Israel which they had introduced. And the sons of Israel did things secretly which were not right against the Lord, their God. 
Moreover, they built for themselves high places in all their towns, from watchtower to fortified city. So what was happening here is they're following ungodly customs and ungodly lifestyle, and, and they're worshiping idols. So they worshiped other gods, small g, and they followed the practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before they had gotten there. Here is a warning that God had given them in this very section right here. If you uh, look at this, it says, The Lord warned Israel and Judah through all his prophets and seers, Turn from your evil ways. Observe my commandments and decrees in accordance with the entire law that I commanded your ancestors to obey, that I delivered to you through my servants, the prophets. And the Bible says this, it says, But they would not listen and were as stiff-necked as their ancestors who did not trust in the Lord their God. They rejected his decrees and a covenant he made with their ancestors and the statutes he had warned them to keep. They followed worthless idols and themselves became worthless. They imitated the nations around them, although the Lord had ordered them, do not do as they do. So, there was the warning right there. Do not do as they do. God was telling them, don't follow the crowd. Being a nonconformist, that's a person who, that word means a person who does not follow the crowd. I love a story that Pastor Mark Batterson tells in his book. He's got a book that is called Whisper, How to Hear the Voice of God, which is one of the ways that you avoid following the crowd, because you can listen to the, the media out there, Hollywood, and, um, and they will definitely lead you, and a crowd will definitely follow them, but it will be, it will be the wrong Voice to listen, voices to listen to. Uh, but anyway, Mark Batterson is, uh, as I mentioned, he's a pastor over there. Uh, he's the pastor of National Community Church in Washington, D.C. And in his book, he tells a very interesting story about nonconformity. He says this, when I was in sixth grade, I wore a neon pink ocean Pacific shirt to school one day. Big mistake. I was pretty popular in junior high, and I was one of the biggest kids in my class. But it didn't matter. I was teased mercilessly, even by my best friends. Even my best friends betrayed me that day. Can you guess how many times I wore that shirt? Exactly once. Why? So he wore the shirt only one time. And he says, why? Because I didn't want to subject myself to that kind of ridicule ever again. The modus operandi in junior high is fitting in, and most of us give in to it for the rest of our lives. We become conformists at all costs, and the cost is a person's unique personality, individuality, and identity. You can call it a peer pressure or groupthink, but the Bible calls it conformity. And then he 
uh, gives us a verse from Romans 12, which is, comes from Romans 12 too. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me read that again to you. That's Romans 12 too. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Translation, don't follow the crowd, especially don't follow the things that the media tell you, or Hollywood, or education, or the universities. And he said right here, that's one of the hardest commands in Scripture because our culture is so good at conditioning us according to its values. Did you know that you're exposed to approximately 5,000 advertising messages every day? Doesn't seem like it, does it? The evidence, that's evidence of how good our culture is at it. And we have to fight it. And we do. We do have to fight against what our culture tells us. Especially right now, we really need to fight tooth and nail. Take a stand against what the culture is telling you right now. Because they're not going to they're not going to tell you to follow Jesus. That's what they're not going to do. You will reap what you sow. That's what the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 6. It says, "Do not be deceived. God can God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows." Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. That, again, is found in Galatians chapter 6. So then who should we follow? If the loudest voices are the media and the internet, YouTube, educators, Hollywood, who then should we be following? Well, you don't follow the loudest voices. Not usually. So the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 13.4, it says this, You shall follow the Lord your God and fear Him, and you shall keep His commandments, listen to His voice, serve Him, and cling to Him. This is what it tells you in Deuteronomy 13.4. An interesting example also comes up about following the crowd. In John chapter 6, Jesus tells the apostles this, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, 
Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? And so he asks them the question about whether their inability to understand what he's telling them is found offensive to them. And he goes on to say, Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. And this is, this is my point right here. It says this, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. So, some of the crowd began to leave him because they didn't understand what he was saying. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. This is a great example for us because we're not always going to understand what God says, what God does. And if you're in that place right now, and if you have not given your life to Jesus, if you have not chosen to follow him because you don't understand what he stands for, or you don't understand some of the things that the Bible says, you're in good company. Peter, the apostle, stood right there and told him, it's as as if Peter was saying, I'm not going anywhere. He may, he may have not understood anything that Jesus told them, but Peter just told him the one thing that he did say, the one thing that Peter did emphasize was that there was no one else to go to, and there is no one else to go to. You cannot follow the media, you cannot follow the culture, and you can't follow the crowd who are following them as well. Who you can follow and who you can trust is Jesus. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to trust in the Lord with all of all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways to acknowledge Him, and He will direct our paths. Jesus has the answers. In the world, in the world that we live in right now, the crowd doesn't have the answers. The predominant culture doesn't have the answers. Jesus has the answers. So, I would just urge you right now to pray with me and give your life to him if you haven't done that. Lord Jesus, I want to ask you to forgive me for my sins. I want to give my life to you. And I want to follow you. Even if I'm the only one, I want to follow you. I don't want to follow the crowd. The crowd is 
there is lost, confused, and in some cases, very violent. You're the one who has the answers, just like Peter said. I want to give my life to you, and I want to let you lead me for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen.